And let me ask you to uh, make yourself a note, put a note on the refrigerator as Matthew embarks as pastor of Gilgal Baptist Church that God would bless him and touch him and use him in a, in a mighty, mighty way. And so uh, I, we have an obligation, Solid Rock Baptist Church. We, we're sending him, so we have an obligation for you and I to pray for him and uh, their family, that God would just give them traveling grace on Sundays and use them mightily for the glory of God. Genesis chapter 21, we'll begin verse number 4, and I'm going to let you remain seated. i got a little, length, little lengthy in the reading tonight, but uh, hopefully we'll bring it all together. And Abraham circumcised his son Isaac, being eight days old, as God had commanded him. And Abraham was 100 years old, 100 years old, when his son Isaac was born to him. Wow. They're talking about him down at the store. Amen. And Sarah said, God hath made me to laugh, so that all they hear will laugh with me. What a day. She said, Who would have said unto Abraham that Sarah should have given child suck? For I have borne him a son in his old age. And the child grew and was weaned. And Abraham made a great feast the same day that Isaac was weaned. Sarah saw the son of Hagar, the Egyptian, which she had born unto Abraham, mocking. Wherefore she said unto Abraham, Cast out this bondwoman and her son, for the son of this bondwoman shall not be heir with my son, even with Isaac. And the thing was very grievous in Abraham's sight because of his son. And God said to Abraham, Let it not be grievous in thy sight because of the lad, because of thy bondwoman. In all that Sarah has said unto, to thee, hearken unto her voice, but in Isaac shall thy seed be called. And also the son of the bondwoman will I make a nation because he is thy seed. And Abraham rose up early in the morning, took bread, bottle of water, and gave it into Hagar, put it on her shoulder and the child, and sent her away. And she departed wandered in the wilderness of Beersheba. Tonight with the help of God I want to preach on Living with a miracle and a mistake. Living with a miracle and a mistake. Let's go to the throne of grace. Felix, how about you praying for us, buddy? Amen. 
It was a red-letter day for Abraham's life. It was a chapter in his experience that was to be written in bold capital letters, underlined, framed, hung forever in the galley of faith. There had never been a more notable day like that for Abraham because on that day, Isaac was born. Oh, that son that he, that he had so waited for, longed for, and desired to come. If you, up in heaven, angels were singing and, and smiled as they see this old man, a hundred years old, skipping around like a five-year-old because Sarah had had him a son, his son, his boy, and he is thrilled beyond imagination. And we find here in the text that Isaac had uh, uh, should not even be here. I mean, what a miracle. The doubting and the days of doubt and the difficulties and over and over going to God and saying, God, when's the promise coming and how are you going to do this? And God, when's all this going to happen? And finally the day came when God said, Okay, now's the time. Notice with me the nature of the forecast, verse 20, chapter 21, verse 1. And the Lord said, And the Lord visited Sarah as he had said. And the Lord did unto Sarah as he had spoken. And Lord Sarah conceived about Abram, Ham, a son in his old age, at the set time of which God had spoken to him. Three times in one sentence, God says, I'm in charge of time. I'm in charge of business. I, I have a set time. One of the greatest things you'll, you'll ever grasp hold of in your Christian life is that God's never late. Never, we, we say, boy, if God tarries, He's never tarried. Never. And He's always on time. His timing is impeccable. His timing is perfect in every way, shape, nor form. Boy, what a great thing when you can get a hold of that truth and trust His timing. And at the set time, shows up at Abraham's house, says, next year, you're going to have a baby boy. Could you imagine? Now, my great-great-great-grandfather, Charlie Steins, lived to be about 104. But I couldn't imagine going to him when he was 100 and said, Paul, next year at this time, you're going to have a baby boy. I couldn't imagine ever doing that. But you see, God said at a set time, I, I love that story because Sarah's in a tent fixing biscuits and she's a laughing. She's a chuckling to herself. She says, my gosh, I ain't never heard such a thing. She's 90 years old. 
She said, I ain't never heard such a thing. She's smiling all over. Just the thoughts that they would have a baby boy. But sure enough, at the set time, for you see, only God can rip away the veil of the future and read tomorrow's happenings as if they had already happened. We, we say this. God's the same yesterday, today, and forever. We lived in yesterday. We're living in today. But do you understand God is already in tomorrow? Right. And that's Matter of fact, God's already in next week, next month, next year. I, hallelujah. What a God we serve. So nine months came by. And sure enough, notice not only the nature of the forecast, but notice the nature of the fulfillment. Verse 3. And Abraham called the name of his son that was born in him, whom Sarah bare to him, Isaac. And Abraham was circumcised, his son being eight days old, as God had commanded him. Abraham's a hundred, Sarah's ninety. And as a matter of fact, if you were to walk by their house or their tent, men, they having a party. They're laughing. Abraham's a laughing. Sarah's a laughing. All the servants are laughing. They're passing the baby around. And everybody, what a joyful time it was. As a matter of fact, Abraham laughed. Sarah laughed. And God said, let's just name the boy Isaac, which means laughter. A.W. Tozer said it best about this scene. Abraham was old when Isaac was born, old enough indeed to be his grandfather, and the child became at once the delight and idol of his heart. From that moment when he first stooped to take the tiny form awkwardly in his arms, he was the eager love slave of his son. God went out of his way to comment on the strength of their affection. And it's not hard to understand. The baby represents everything sacred in the Father's heart. The promise of God, the covenant, the hopes of the years, and a long messianic dream. Then, something happened. Then, the laughter stopped. Then, the mood in the room changed to one of somber and even anger. Just at a moment's notice. Just in a moment's notice. I mean, if I could just, if I could paint a word picture of what a joyful, exciting time that was. I would, but then in just a moment, it all just changed. Let me show you about this change. First of all, the cutting. 
those two things that happened that day. And it was a day of a new beginning. Not only a physical aspect of it, please, I'm, and I'm not going to get graphic so you don't have to worry about your children. But there was a physical aspect of it, but then it was a spiritual aspect of it. The first one was, and Abraham circumcised his son, Isaac, being eight days old, as God had commended him. And this circumcision was a sign of separation, but it meant something else. It meant that they would always be dependent on God. And one of the things that God and Abraham did that was so monumental, no matter how much God had done for them, he wanted God to be reminded, we need you. We need you. He, he wanted God to be in such a place that where he understood no matter how many much blessings he had, no matter how much the fact that they'd had a son and all of this, he wanted to remind God, we need you. We need you. Now, how many understands we need him like we have never needed him? How many of you in the last few months, either last year or even this year, have found yourself in a place where you just needed God like never before? And there's something about that. I believe God loves being wanted, being desired, being needed. And the truth of the matter is, may we. Ne- my dad used to say, you're too big for your britches. I always thought my britches fit fine. But I wasn't stupid enough to tell him. And uh, he said, you're too big for your britches. May we spiritually not get too big for our britches and realize we need God. We need Him. And there's something about depending on Him and trusting Him and believing Him every single day of our week. So the first thing that happened to Isaac at eight years of age, at eight days old, it's amazing. God is such a great God. It's amazing. Eight days, the vitamin, I believe it's K, is the highest in the body. And the, the blood clots quickly. And it's amazing how God does things. Isn't it amazing how He does things? So the first one shows dependence. The second thing, and the child grew and was winged. Other shows development. Isaac wasn't going to stay eight days old. He was to grow. And the day came that he no longer needed milk. He needed some taters and beans and and hog meat and, 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 and some hamburger. He needed meat and not just the milk. And so it became a day of great development. And when the child grew and was weaned, Abraham made a great feast the same day. It, it was a uh, it was a symbol of just growing up. 
It was a symbol of maturing. Uh, you, you know, it's a symbol of, uh, of the baby taking the first step. But when they make the first step, forget it, they're gone. It, it's a symbol of them not need to change diapers. They'll pray to say, Amen. It's a, it's a symbol of growth. And here was Isaac because not only does God want us dependent on him, but God wants us to always grow. There never could be, should be a time that you stop growing. And, and I, let me just say this. I've been serving God a long time, over 50 years. I've been reading my Bible for a long time. But I don't care how much you read, study. I mean, you, you can read and study till your head falls off. But you'll never exhaust everything there is that God has for you. We should always grow. I don't care how old you are. I don't care how young you are. There should be a continual desire to grow. Because until Jesus takes us home, he wants us developing. He wants us growing. And as a church, he wants us growing. He wants us developing. So first of all, we see the cutting. But now we see the casting. This is where the story turns. This is where the joy turned to sorrow. This is where the laughter turned to to heartbreak. This is where what they had all the light, the joy of all of this now become a very sad place. Let me remind you. Home should be a place of joy and peace. Home ought to be a place you go, take your shoes off, and, 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 and just be home. But when there's conflict at home, there's conflict everywhere. When home ain't peaceful, when there's conflict at home, you got it, it affects every part of your life. And so we find all of a sudden conflict has showed up at this house. And Sarah saw the son of Hagar, the Egyptian, which she had born unto Abraham, mocking. On the surface, on the surface, that would just seem to be a stupid young man misbehaving. On the surface, it would look as seem that he was just being a rebellious youngin' and not acting right. That's what it looks like on the surface. But this mocking was so much more than that. That word mocking has the idea that this young man is absolutely attacking Isaac. Wherefore she said unto Abraham, Cast out this bondwoman and her son. 
For the son of this bondwoman shall be heir with my son, even with Isaac. Has the ideal of that which is carnal attacking that which is spiritual. It has an ideal of that which is fleshly attaching, attacking that which is godly. It was much more than just what we read at times in the Bible and the magnitude of it. And the Bible says, what a tremendous statement. And you see, Isaac's birth jerked the covers off of something. I said this morning, all that we're going through since 2019 has not produced anything. It has just revealed a whole lot of things. It just jerked the covers off a lot of things in our hearts and lives. And Isaac being born in this home just jerked the covers about who Ishmael really was. Now, don't miss this. Ishmael was born into a good family, a godly family. He heard everything Isaac heard. He was circumcised. He was weaned. He had opportunity that everything Isaac had. But may I remind you, all of those things do not change your heart. Only the Holy Ghost of God can change a person's heart. I mean, that's fact. That's fact. My life is different because the Holy Ghost of God and Jesus saved me. That's it. Because He's the only one that can change your heart, thus changing the nature and the character of an individual. Jimmy celebrated a birthday. If I'm miscorrect, you got saved 20 years ago. Is that right? The 16th. He wasn't a nice person. We got saved. Am I lying? <laughs> Depending on you, you ask. Tan ain't here. Next time she's here, I'll ask her. She's watched my live stream. She's probably smiling. She said, no, he wasn't a nice person. He had a reputation. But when God saved him, God saved him. He changed it. When God saves us, He changes us. We're different. We can't help but being different. We, we, we just can't help but being different. And God saves us, and we're different. But you see, Ishmael never was different. And His true nature came out. And all this meant nothing to Ishmael. He mocked Isaac and he could care less. He mocked the promised seed of God. Said it not. 
Boy, this new cocky stuff of assertive attitude surfaces. And the choice young Ishmael mocking Isaac. And in mocking Isaac, he's mocking Christ. And mocking Isaac, he's mocking the God of glory. So we find all of a sudden how serious it was. Don't forget this. The counterfeit is always hated the ordained. The counterfeit is always hated. But as then he was born after the flesh, persecuted him that was born after the spirit, even so he is now, Genesis 4.29. But may I show you something here that I had not seen. And it just helped me so much. When Isaac was eight days old, I mean eight, yeah, eight days old, he obeyed God and he circumcised Isaac, his son. It's a painful ordeal. Bloody ordeal. It's hard for the, for the father and the son. It was hard for both of them. But now God is about to do the same thing to Abraham, he did to Isaac. Because you see, Sarah could say, that boy's got to go. He's got to go. But she's got nothing invested in this. Wasn't her son. She's got nothing invested. But she's got no skin in the game. She's, she's got nothing invested here. But Isaac did. And Isaac loved Ishmael. That was his son too. And Ishmael, at one time, he thought maybe would be the promise that would come, that God would work through. And God said, no. But Abraham loved this boy. And now... God is about ready to take that knife and cut the very heart of Abraham and saying, that boy's got to go. God did to Abraham's heart what Abraham had did to Isaac. That separation, that separation. See, Abraham's living in a house with a miracle on one side and a mistake on the other. There was nothing godly about Ishmael being born. God went in a thousand miles of that. God didn't ordain that. God didn't dictate. God had nothing to do with it. That was their doings. And God says, now, the promise of the future and the promise of the nation is sitting right here, a miracle but the mistake's got to go. And God reached him with the Holy Ghost knife and circumcised Abraham's heart from that boy and said, it's got to be severed. That's a part of Christianity we don't talk about much, is it? That's a part about serving God. We don't really, we don't, we don't shout from the, from the top about that. And it grieved. The Bible says it grieved 
That word grieved. He's just broken all of peace. And that conflict was so great, God had to come down and straighten out the mess and say, Abraham, you need to listen to your wife. Now, because God told Abraham that this, you might think about that when you go home and listen to your wife. Anyway, let's move on. He said, listen to your wife. Hearken to the voice of your wife. Her heart might not be in right. Her heart might not be in nowhere right. But what she said was true. There had to be a severance. There had to be a, a move from that. Now brings me to the last point. As I see from, I was thinking earlier today, since 20, at the end of, just beginning of 2020, I have never, I've never seen the chaos, the catastrophe, but nothing, I've never seen the change. Every day, there's a new change. There's a new change. And we have to have the courage to change. Abraham had to have the courage. He had to have the courage to go fill that water bottle up, give him some bread in a sack, put it up on his shoulder, and say, Hagar, you just got to go. I think he wept as he stood in the tent. But you and I, you and Ishmael just got to go. I believe he did. But that's the courage of change. That's the courage to turn loose those things sometimes that we have produced by flesh, by, I'm going to have my way no matter what. Sometimes we just have to turn those things loose and have the courage, the courage to change. I was thinking today, me and Dolly's talking about coming over the road. And as long as all that's going on in our nation right now until there's some resolve, until there's some conclusion, till there is some truth that comes to the surface, till that happens, we're going to always we're going to be in this perpetual changing in our nation. So don't be shocked with whatever comes over the newscast. Don't be shocked with whatever. But may you and I tonight have the courage to change. To simply say, uh, as I preached this morning, that the giant of fear is not going to rule my life. Giant of fear is not going to rule my life. I have the courage to say it's just not. I have the courage to change when it's God wanting you to change. And so, and that's, that's challenging. I wish that could be better. I wish it could be easier. But there wasn't no easy way about Ishmael and Hagar leaving. But you know what God said? Now Abraham, I don't want you grievous. Because I'm going to take you to a whole realm of spirituality you have never been. You're going to learn spiritual truth like never before. And don't worry about Ishmael and Hagar. I'll make him a great nation. And he has done exactly that.
Ishmael is the Arabs, the people in these foreign countries, Afghanistan and all that. That's Ishmael's descendants. All that's Ishmael. God said, I'll make them a great nation. You let me take care of that. But this sever, this party company. Years ago, tell you one story and I'm done. Years ago, Darlene was pregnant with Connie. And I had a friend to come by. I'd run around with him pretty much all the time. Came by the house and said, Let's go shoot pool. As I started out the door, I looked back. My very large pregnant wife. And she just looked at me. So I walked down the porch. I still remember this yesterday. The Lord said, You don't need to be doing this. You got a family. You got a wife. You got a baby coming. I said, Danny, I just can't go. I just can't go. He got angry. He got mad about the thing. I said, I'm sorry, I just can't go. Now let me tell you the rest of the story. He ended up in prison, killed a man. Ended up in prison. Got out. Life a wreck. Several, several years ago, bled to death in a little camper trailer. To my knowledge, he's in hell tonight. And I've looked and I've thought about that so many times. How our lives went different directions. Because you see, I had to have the courage to change. And so tonight... You inventory your life. If there's something there that you know needs to change, we don't have. Can, can we be honest tonight? Nobody but us. We all know something's wrong or right. Right? We we know when something's wrong. You know, and you see that that's wrong. Do you have the courage to change? And my prayer is, you do, because when you do your life will open up something God does for you because Isaac became the father of a nation. It's all stand to our feet. Every head bowed and every eye closed. That's the message. You obey the Lord.